welcome to the Mean Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, author of The Mean Mom's Guide to Raising Great Kids, and I'm so glad you're here. You know, I believe motherhood is the hardest job on the planet. You're not meant to do it alone. Every mom needs her own cheering section. On the Mean Moms podcast, you'll hear from other moms just like you. You'll be inspired, encouraged by their stories, and I'll be your personal parenting coach running right alongside you. So when you're feeling weak, you'll find strength here. When you fall, we'll pick you up, dust you off, and remind you of the high goal of parenting, to raise respectful, independent, God-honoring adults. Us Mean Moms, we're a rare breed, and we know something you don't know. Mean Moms, raise great kids. listening to episode five of the Mean Moms podcast, and I'm your host, Joanne Kraft. Today, we're going to be talking about the words we use to encourage our kids, because there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Mean Moms podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, and I am so happy you have joined me here today. We're talking about words today. And according to research, we say approximately 30 to 35,000 words a day. Can you believe that? I mean, I can. Uh, Maybe some of you have friends or family in your life who uh, you think they probably speak about 135,000 words. I know if you're a mom of little ones, uh, that number is probably astronomically low uh, when you have a new talker in your house. Uh, So today we're talking about words and how they make a difference in your parenting. If you are following along in the Mean Mom's Guide to Raising Great Kids, uh, the book that I wrote, then it would be chapter nine that talks a lot about what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, there are moms all over the country using this book as their study guide for the year. And I am so grateful for that. Most especially a shout out to the moms at La Casa de Cristo in Scottsdale, Arizona, as they went over this uh, last week all together. And so I'm very grateful for your support. So we're going to be talking about words. You know, when my kids were little, I just thought that saying encouraging things like, you are so great, you are wonderful, all those kinds of positive affirmations to my kids, I really thought that made the biggest difference because words matter. You know, they hold the power to encourage or discourage. They can give our kids dreams wings or they can destroy them. And I'm sure many of you, if we were to sit down over a cup of coffee and share just what childhood was like growing up, we each can remember something that was said to us that was painful, that stuck, and something that was said to us that really gave us hope, that encouraged us, that gave us courage to take that next step. And every mom wants to do that with their kids. We all want to say that one thing that's going to make the biggest difference to our child. And when our kids become teenagers, we're hoping that that one pithy phrase, that one cute quote will be just what needs to be said to get our child now a teenager to do their homework on their own or to not use their cell phone in the car or, you know, that kind of thing. And I think if we can get the basics of encouragement down right now, oh my goodness, how much better raising kids will be for all of us because it it just makes the biggest difference. So here's something I've learned. There is a difference between encouragement and praise. So let's just use intelligence as our example. The above words I use with my children are praise, basically things like, 
Megan, you brought home straight A's. You're amazing. David, you are a gifted son. No one is as natural with animals as you are. Megan could read a book in minutes. I mean, the girl just loves reading and and that's why she's moving on to get her next degree in literature and creative writing. It's just, it's her gift. It always has been since she was pretty little. I shouldn't say always. There was a time I remember her first few years of grammar school where my girlfriend will tell me that, you know, I remember you were worried about her not reading soon enough and and she did. But the things I said to her after, uh, the things I thought that were encouraging for her, you know, you're getting straight A's, you're amazing. Well, if we use, like I said, intelligence as our example, you know, they have the opposite effect of encouraging a child when I say you're the smartest girl in the class Um, because I set them up for failure when I say that. And while, you know, I believe failure is a valuable experience, I don't want to be the reason they have more of it, (laughs) you know? Praising a a smart son or daughter for his or her intelligence uh, may make the youngster anxious and ill-equipped to deal with their future. And and I don't want that. And I know you don't want that either. You know, a team of psychologists found that it's much better, and I'm, I'm quoting them, it is much better to praise a child for effort, according to researchers at Columbia University. And so how do we do that? You know, it's fascinating. I mean, just how much us parents, me included, put intelligence, grades on the high list of crowning achievements when our kids are going through school. And I think if we kind of thought it in the way of uh, a young woman and beauty, we wouldn't want to focus on the outward appearance uh, of of your child. We're not going to say, oh, well, you know, because you're more beautiful today or because you're the most beautiful today, you know, you're going to be successful. So if you think of it the same way with intelligence, uh, we shouldn't do that with our kids. And, And I have four kids and each one of them has incredible, special unique giftings that set them apart and things that I tried to highlight and and I didn't do it all very well. So you get the benefit of me sharing truth to your mom heart from my uh, hard lessons learned. Uh, But what I do notice now is if I had focused more on their perseverance, you see mean moms understand hard work, effort, dedication, and like I said, perseverance. So a heart that makes kind, humble, and sacrificial choices should really be where we shine a spotlight. So when we talk about that marshmallow mom, so let's, let's just use Melody, my child is gifted. And remember, if you've read the Mean Moms book or you're in the process of reading it, this is one of my first chapters when I talk about marshmallow moms, those softies uh, that we all can be with our kids. So Melody, last name, my child is gifted. She puts her daughter high on a pedestal. So thanks to Melody, her daughter believes her smarts make her as unique as a snowflake. Instead of feeling special, her child is trained to believe parental love is wrapped up in good grades. So when Melody's daughter brings home her first C, she's devastated. Melody's conditional affection keeps her daughter from sharing her deepest longing to be loved for who she is, not for what she does. And I will tell you, each one of these marshmallow moms have been me. I remember putting um, our oldest on restriction, you know, maybe from television or going out with whatever, when she brought home a C in math, because she'd been doing, she'd been doing A's. Now, I'm not telling you, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be some correction or maybe um, some discipline when it comes to trying to use things 
taking away things, you know, using some kind of tool to get them to focus on schoolwork. I don't, I don't think you should not ever do that. But now looking back on my parenting, was I focusing on her intellect or was I focusing on her hard work, her effort? Because as she got older, math became harder for her. So I don't want to do those things. So uh, I have a quote here from a researcher named Dr. Dweck. He says, praising children's intelligence, far from boosting their self-esteem, encourages them to embrace self-defeating behaviors, such as worrying about failure and avoiding risks. And then he goes on to say, however, when children are taught the value of concentrating, strategizing, and working hard when dealing with academic challenges, This encourages them to sustain their motivation, their performance, and self-esteem. So I like to use, uh, there's a perfect example, I believe, in the Bible uh, that shows the perfect way to encourage, and it's in Matthew chapter 3 when God shows up on the scene, when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, uh, because God knows exactly how important encouragement is to his kids. And that beautiful picture of encouragement can be found, like I said, in Matthew chapter 7, excuse me, chapter 3. So when Jesus is baptized, his cousin John assists this holy dunking and is witness to this miraculous moment as our Lord breaches the water. Scripture says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So you see, God models how parents should encourage their children. So let me, let me kind of break it down to three steps here, three things that, that God does to his own son and for his own son to encourage him. First, identification. God tells the world, quote, this is my son. So then Jesus can identify with belonging to a loving father. So there's value in knowing your family claims you as theirs. Belonging is so very important, especially when it's not results or oriented or work-based. So loving with no strings attached. With that said, identification, I'm, I'm going to speak now to the moms of blended families. This is very important when you have a stepdaughter, an adopted daughter, stepson, an adopted son. Whenever I speak places and I love to meet the women. You will find me always around the women. I love that. And I love to hear about their lives and where they live. And it's fascinating to me how often uh, women feel the need to share with me that they uh, are married and they've got a stepdaughter, an adopted son, and a biological daughter. And while I, there's no, they mean no ill will by saying that at all. They're sharing with me about their family. And, and I love to hear about that. But what I hear is they're putting value or they're identifying each child separately. Instead of saying, I have two daughters and a son or two sons and a daughter, I hear I have a stepdaughter and two sons. And so that stepdaughter ends up hearing I'm different. I think there's a lot of value in identifying that child is yours. And for those of you moms who are saying, well, there's no way I could do that because my stepchild already has a, a mom and there's no way the mom would let me or let the child call me mom. That's not what I'm saying. 
I'm not saying that child has to call you anything. I'm saying, what do you or how do you identify that child to the world? And there's nothing wrong in saying these are my kids. Because if, if you're in a blended family, you are a parent raising that child, no matter what that looks like or how much you get to partake in it, you are a parent figure. So I find it really important to identify their value with who they are and, and how you see them. Because if we're going to label this one is mine, biologically, this one isn't mine, this one's theirs, you know, I think that has a long lasting effect. So even if the child shows some hostility, um, obviously you don't want to make the child angry, but there's, I, I, I've, I've never heard of a, of a parent trying this, at least saying, these are my kids. This is my daughter. This isn't, you know, I've never heard of a child not responding well to that. Uh, it, it would be very rare. So how do you identify? That's the first part of encouraging a child. And then secondly, God shows in that story unconditional love. You see, this was the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. His most incredible work was still yet to be done. Still, God lets us know his son is loved. And this is vital to encouraging children. They must know their love for the mere fact they're yours. So I tell my kids, you know, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more. Your child needs to know that. Can you imagine what that would feel like? Many of us uh, being kids, we still desire that from our parents, that, that love that we want or, or desire. I have friends uh, growing up, my best friend, people that I've discipled. Tears still flow from grown women, some old enough to be grandparents, <laughs> that still wish they could hear their parents saying, I love you for no other reason that you're mine. That is huge. And then the third one would be public praise. God makes sure to publicly praise his son. He has this one down, guys, when he tells the world, quote, with him, I am well pleased. So do you publicly admit to being well pleased with your children? When was the last time you let the world know how grateful you are to be your child's mom? And some of us, we have a hard time with that. Guess what? You were made for hard things. You can do it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, even if that means publicly proclaiming when you're used to being a lot more reserved. You don't have to shout it in a lake <laughs> like God and with John the Baptist and Jesus, but it's important to say it maybe in front of their friends or in front of somebody else's parent, just so your child hears in front of your husband, you know? You do that with each kid uh, a separate day of the week and just pour encouragement into them. It's so important. It's pretty incredible how words uh, have the power just to, oh goodness, just it's, it's almost like filling a balloon up with air, a deflated balloon and filling it back up with air when you can encourage somebody in the right way. I remember uh, my husband had a court hearing in California years ago and there was a young, a young man, he was probably in his early teens and sadly, the, there had been some poor decisions made by his mom, and this young boy was now in the care of foster parents. And so he had to be coming to court for basically making sure everything was going okay. They were doing updates and, and, and holding the foster parents accountable to how he was being raised and that kind of thing. 
And I happened to be there, not in any way associated with their case, but just overhearing because I was there with my husband who he's an attorney. And so he was there for other reasons. And I just happened to be with Paul that day. And so I just watched as this child, he walked in and sat down outside the courtroom. He was dressed all in black. You could see that he had, uh, he had earbuds in drowning out the world. His body language just screamed, leave me alone and stay away. It, his whole demeanor, it just made me so sad. Every little mom fiber in me just wanted to reach out and give him a hug. I, I, I had to hold back from doing that. And then I watched as a social worker sat down beside him and he slowly took out one little earbud and then she put her arm around his shoulder and began talking with him. And I overheard her say to him, she said, you know, I just finished reading your report and I am so proud of you. You are doing much better in school. Your hard work is paying off. And I'm telling you, she looked at him and just smiled from ear to ear. She did this. And it was, and he just looked at her at first with no, no expression on his face, but slowly his face started to light up. And, and like I just said earlier, it was like watching a deflated balloon fill up with air with each word of encouragement. This, this young man's whole countenance changed. The once wilted flower began to stand tall after a long and much needed drink. I wanted to cry for him. I wanted to cry for this kid. I really did. And it's so true. The scripture says, God's word says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And it is so true, friends. It's so true. I witnessed this life being poured into this child right in front of me. And, and I saw what encouragement, true, healthy encouragement looked like. So it wasn't long after that, I, I decided to kind of dig into my Bible and think, huh, uh, what, is, what is the word praise? And the word praise in the Hebrew is yada, 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 yada. Excuse me, one time, I'm sounding like Seinfeld now. If you watch Seinfeld, you know the yada, yada, yada. Anyway, but yada, or yada. It means to confess to, it means to be thankful to, as in uh, Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So how do I explain this to you? I would be the first to admit I'm thankful for my kids, but I'm definitely not thankful to my kids. So when I say things like, you give my life meaning, you are my purpose, or if I say something like, if it weren't for you, I'd be lost. I'm praising my kids when I do that. I'm praising them. Uh, you give my life meaning. These are things you should only say to God, really. You give my life meaning. You are my purpose. As sweet as, and, and as innocent as those words sound, it's, it's not just praiseworthy lingo, which is unhealthy to a child, but it puts a heck of a lot of pressure on your kids. You know, a friend, of, a friend and I were chatting about decisions we made as teenagers, and quite a few of our own mistakes that we see our kids making too. And she likes to tell parents, you know, one day your kids will surprise you. And she doesn't mean it in a good way. Uh, so if you've praised your children and they make a mistake or let you down, they have a very long fall. Dr. Kevin Lehman says, encouraging instead of praising is tricky business. And he goes on to explain it this way. Praise says you're great because you did something. Encouragement says it's great something was done, and I appreciate it. So let me quote him one more time. He says, encouraging instead of praising is tricky business. And he says, praise says, you're great because you did something. Encouragement says, it's great something was done, and I appreciate it. 
I, I kind of boil that down into my own definition, which I hope is a little easier. Encouraging words focus on the act, while praise puts all eyes on the person. So we don't want to put praise on the person or, or change that. Praise puts all eyes on the person. True encouragement focuses on the act. So giving encouragement isn't simply a matter of praising what children do. So every parent must be aware of the very fine line here. Many people, adults and children, believe that unless I perform, achieve, or do something, I won't be approved or loved. The key to encouraging children is their own perception of what you're saying. When they do something right, good, or productive, you want to focus on what they did. So there's a Hebrew word for encourage, and I might be saying this wrong, but I believe it's kazak. And it means to strengthen, to restore, to grow firm. And here's the big one, guys, to give courage. It shows up four times in the Bible. Two of those times are within the first three chapters of the book of Joshua. And it's also, I believe, let me see, in Deuteronomy 3.28. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. For he shall go over before his people and shall cause them to inherit the land which you shall see. So after 40 years, Joshua was about to lead the Hebrew people into the promised land. Moses was Joshua's spiritual father. He was given the important task of encouraging him for the work ahead. So you never see Moses telling Joshua, you are so much better than anyone else here. Or or does he even say anything like, we couldn't do this without you, Joshua. No, we don't see that at all. Moses tells him to be strong and courageous. And then he reminds him, this is such a big deal. He reminds him, the Lord is with you wherever you go. He encouraged Joshua to trust God along the way. So if, if there's a right way and a wrong way, this is it. I learned encourage instead of praise this lesson much later in my parenting journey. So now when my kids surprise me with cleaning the kitchen or bringing home a good grade, uh, what I'll try and say is, you worked really hard cleaning up in there. Or, I really appreciate all your help. Or, congratulations on seeing your hard work pay off. It must feel pretty good to bring home an A, or a B, or a C. You know your child's effort, and and you know how to encourage them. So, when I take my focus off my kids, and then I place it on their effort instead, it reminds them that they can do it. Not because they're smarter, not because they're better, but because they put in the effort to succeed. You see, whether they do it perfectly or not, they know I love them. And that's the biggest thing you could do for your kids. So I have to admit, I was raised in the 80s and you couldn't pay me to step back in time to to attend school again. I mean, though the music was great, I will totally admit that. The music was great, the hair was big, but I still cringe when I come across some of those pictures. Oh, especially my fourth grade picture. So for those of you too young to remember Dorothy Hamill, it was a pixie haircut that only looked good on Dorothy Hamill. And uh, I wanted a Farrah Fawcett hairstyle and I received Dorothy Hamill. That was extremely (laughs) traumatizing to me. Uh, Look up the pictures, they're two totally different haircuts. But school years can be tough. You know, they can be tough for any growing child. I'm not sure Grace will ever forget her first day of preschool. I mean, it was so scary for her. I remember it. Now that she's a teenager, 
she has been through a lot of those first. Samuel as well, my youngest, because we moved cross country. And when we moved to Tennessee, it was the summer of 2012. And I'll tell you, it was difficult for me as a mom. And it was difficult for Grace and Samuel, my youngest two, who were experiencing their first day of junior high in a, in a new state. I had a sixth grader and an eighth grader. And let me just say those two words again, junior high, uh, right? Uh, yes, junior high. And, and to make things even harder, the culture was a little different here. Uh, the language was a little different here, which meant our kids would struggle at trying to fit in. They didn't want to look different. They didn't want to sound different. And I just really struggled. How do I encourage my kids when they're worried about making friends? I never changed schools. When I grew up in California, I was in the same, I went all through grammar school, high school with all the same kids. And so I never understood moving to a new school. That, that scared me to even think of that. And so putting our kids in junior high, I didn't have the ability to kind of draw my own experiences. And I I was afraid they would feel some of the fear that I had already for them. And I really tried not to because our kids model our own fears and behaviors. So I was speaking very encouraging about moving into a new school in a new state. So I just struggled because, you know, I was thinking, how do I instill hope? in a child who's having trouble sleeping because she's worried about fitting in. You know, how do I help my son who's worried about making new friends when he lived down the street from a family of boys and girls that, I mean, he had a blast. So I worked on a few things. I I came up with this list of four things that might help you breathe courage into your little ones. And it's what I used to help breathe courage into my own kids uh, seven years ago when we move to Tennessee. The first thing I did was I started with God's word. It is the first place to start. Uh, if you look at John chapter one, how does that, how does that gospel start of, of John? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the living word. It is the first place to start always. Uh, scripture tells us in Hebrews for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So when we began our trek across country to the new state we call home, our our morning devotion was reading the book of Joshua, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. I wanted to instill courage in my kids by sharing those words over and over. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's so important to me, mom, that I pass on strength to my kids. I know very well as a mean mom, I'm working myself out of a job. That is the best of the best. We are working kids into independence. The most dependent our child will be is the moment they're in our arms, the first second we get to hold them. And every day after that, we are working to make them independent. So... I take that seriously. I reminded our kids that they were embarking on a new promised land, Tennessee. It would be an adventure and that God would be with them through it all. So start with the word. Breathe the living word into your kids. It makes all the difference in the world. And the second thing, read a story. I love Family Life Ministries. Uh, They are a great organization. Uh, Dennis and Barbara Rainey 
are co-founders of this ministry. They've written so many great books. And I'll tell you, there's great read aloud books for the kids too. So the first week of school, we were reading the book, Growing Together in Courage. And Dennis, excuse me, Barbara Rainey wrote this one. And it's the story we read on the eve of their very first day of school. And it was about a young girl named Sophie who grew up during World War II and stood up against Hitler's movement, brave and strong. And then would you believe that the highlighted verse was Joshua 1.9? It was the same verse that began our family's cross-country journey together. It was like God was just just giving us little kisses along the way. It was very sweet. Uh, and again, family life has all kinds of things for all, all kinds of resources for your family. I've been very blessed to be on their radio show a few times, and uh, they are some amazing people and they do have a radio show as well so I would so encourage you to take a peek oh and their marriage conferences are great by the way I'm getting no kickbacks for saying that I just believe in their ministry so much love the people love their purpose it's great so reading a story with your kids is big another one would be praying together guys prayer is powerful can you imagine what peace it brings our kids to hear us pray for them and with them Most of us tuck our kids to bed at night, so just take an extra minute and pray out loud so they hear you petition uh, before God on their behalf. Uh, When I pray with my sons, I thank God for making them mighty men of valor like Gideon or David in the Bible. The more common our prayer time with our kids becomes, the the more open our kids are going to be in joining in. And there's nothing sweeter than hearing your kids pray. Nothing. In my own life, I was raised by very, very encouraging people. And the two that come to mind, my biggest encouragers growing up, of course, my parents, most especially my dad. My dad was, even to this day, he, he's always been fantastic at telling me he loves me every time and telling me, he tells me how proud he is of me. And that that's huge. The other one would have to be my grandmother. She just made me feel like I could do everything well. She believed in me. She was my biggest fan. It, it really matters when you have those people in your life. And I encourage you, if you don't have people in your life at the moment or, you know, reach out and hug another child and just breathe courage into them. Point out the things you see, the effort that they've made that makes them unique and special. It's such a big deal. It really is a big deal. And my now me, as far as encouragement, that is a gift of mine. I can see the positive. I can encourage people. It's a gift that I take seriously and I use a lot. But those of us who are encouragers, we need encouragement because we're giving, we're pouring out that gift. So whatever that gift is that you have, you're usually the one loving other people with it. And so for me, that's, I can be empty pretty fast, pouring it into four kids or in-laws or daughter-in-laws or son-in-laws, that kind of thing. I need that. And I'm married to an incredible guy who has lots of gifts. Encouragement is not one of them. Nope. My sweet guy to encourage me is to tell me how to do it better next time. And so that is not encouragement in case y'all are wondering. Okay, not encouragement. So uh, we're married and we're growing more like Jesus. I pray every day. And his to learn is encouragement. So if maybe you're like my husband and you don't understand encouragement, you just kind of have to get out of 
the judgment of it, I guess. Because for Paul, he doesn't understand telling somebody they did a great job if it wasn't perfect. He really struggles with that. Like, well, why am I saying you did great when you, you didn't do great? Or, you know what I mean? I mean, we have to really be able to look at the little things that we can praise as far as effort goes, as far as um, doing something better than last time. It's so important. It's important when your kids get older. It's important when you're getting ready to have another baby and your child all of a sudden feels like they're a second-class citizen to this new little peanut that's taking up all your time. So encouragement is very, very much a big deal. So I wanted to share with you a few things that moms said. And, and in the Mean Mom's Guide to Raising Great Kids, I, I encourage you to pick up that book, uh, get it on Amazon. There's a lot of quotes that I like to tuck into the back of each chapter. And it's my mom to mom section. So it's from a mom to a mom. And the question I asked these moms was, what does encouragement look like in your home? And there are about, there's about four or five I want to share with you. So Jessica Wollstenholme said, I try to encourage my kids by talking with them, not just talking at them. I don't want to just pass out accolades. I want to affirm and engage in conversation to one, make sure they understand the depth of my pleasure and love for them, and two, get feedback on how they feel about themselves. Sherry Gregory says, we told our kids that they were bright and gifted under the guise of wanting them to maximize their potential. What we were really doing was basing our value as parents on our kids' performances, and unbeknownst to us, we were setting them up to fail. Sandria Keck said, encourage kids and leave a note in their lunchbox or on their pillow. I just love that. That's so sweet. Michelle Bashini said, prayer, short sticky notes, hugs, and words of affirmation encourage my boys. I try to focus on their strengths to build them up. And then one of my... Other readers, Adele Gabrielson, had this to say. We try to praise their effort more than the outcomes. Rather than make a big deal about test scores, we praise the effort they put into studying. We hope to help them develop overall characteristics of persistence and self-discipline when we remind them it's not their performance that matters, but their participation. And then Danica Huzar says, If my kids struggle with not feeling confident about something, I remind them to tap into how they felt when they aced a math test or were kicking booty on the soccer field. Then I'll remind them, regardless of the outcome, that all anyone can do is their best. Learn what you can from the experience, accept it as a character-building opportunity, and get excited about the next level. See, moms have great tips on how to encourage. So going back to that first day of school, when my kids came here to Tennessee and I really needed to learn how to encourage them in a new state, in a new school. I remember clearly that alarm went off on their first day of school and my stomach did like a flop. It did like a flip-flop. I can just feel it because there's nothing that touches the lives of my kids that doesn't touch me too. And I'm pretty sure you understand how that feels. Well, God feels the same way about each one of us. So I encourage you, mom, take a moment encourage your kids because you're breathing courage into their lives and teaching them to lean on God in the process. Thanks so much for listening to the Mean Moms podcast. I hope after our time together today, you figured out just how to encourage your child the right way so they can live their best lives. Make sure to share the Mean Moms podcast with all the moms in your carpool. And remember, 
When you leave an iTunes review, send me a quick email and I might just answer your parenting questions on my next podcast. That's joannecraft at gmail.com. And don't forget, mean moms raise great kids.